0: Uh, this is a song called motherless children and i thought it was kind of fitting uh you know talk about mother earth and what happens if that goes away
1: Uh, and this song talks about not having a mom
2: My name is Grace Heavy Runner, Buxigyanaki, from Indigenization Across the Nation, with my host, Hannah Manikans. You are listening to CJSW 90.9 FM and CMRU Radio, broadcasting from the University of Calgary in Mokinsis. These prairies and foothills are home to the people of Treaty 7 Region, including the Blackfoot Confederacy, Stony Nakoda, and Tsutina First Nation and Métis Nation Region 3. To those listening, you are about to hear Indigenous perspectives and thought, as well as Indigenous artists share their beautiful art and music.
3: My name is Chantal Chagnon, it's C-H-A-N-T-A-L-C-H-A-G-N-O-N, and I am an artist, um, an educator, and an activist here in Molkenstis, Calgary. Uh, I am from Muskeg Lake Cree Nation in Saskatchewan, on my mom's side, and um, I think it's really important to, you know, honor all of our family members, all my relations across Little Island. Totally cool. Uh,
2: what are your thoughts on the Wet'suwet'en anti Uh
3: More power to them. <laughs> um, honestly, we've been fighting the same fight since the get-go, from the beginning of colonization. We have been the canary in the coal mine saying, this is not a good thing. Like We've watched as more of our land has just degraded, and we've <laughs> we're not listening to the warning signs. It's like Indigenous people are screaming from the rooftops, this is what's happening. and We have been screaming it from the rooftops, For a couple hundred years and it's like they're just ignoring the bigger picture they're ignoring climate change which our elders had warned us about for thousands of generations you know we knew this time was coming and so it's important to stand beside everyone who's fighting these battles across Turtle Island Mm -hmm. it's not just there I mean we look at what happened at Standing Rock and as soon as that got pushed through what happened it leaked we knew that was happening it's been happening up north for how many years you know, and it's slowly but surely is just starting to erode not only the land, but our connections to community and family, and you know, our relationship that we used to have to spirit, to Creator, because that's how how we foster our spirit, our connection to spirit and Creator, and that's that's through our connection to the land. It's part of us. That's our job as Indigenous people is to defend the land because she's our mother. We're her last hope because she'll be fine. Without us, she'll recover, mm-hmm. but we won't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, it's more we're less uh, protesters, more protectors, mm-hmm. land defenders,
3: right? Exactly. That's what we're doing here. It's like I don't protest anything. I mm-hmm. rally behind Mother Earth. I honor mm-hmm. her. You know, I honor her sacredness and everything that she gives to us. Every time you know I eat a meal, I thank her for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I. It's important to you know, live in gratitude, it's important to honor where all of those things come from. And I think with our society, we're trying to live infinitely on a finite world and Indigenous people know that. We always know that the circle never breaks, we have to keep going, you know, and honoring that circle, honoring that give and take, that giving and receiving, you know, um, we're looking across the globe and Indigenous people everywhere have been warning about this, about this time. We're standing, there's so many prophecies about man. We're standing on so many different roads. There's the red road where we're like, okay, let's go down the path of materialism and eventually our inevitable destruction. Or we could go back to those traditional ways of knowing and honor our connection to the earth, honor our connection as part of creation, not above it, not below it. We don't control it. It controls us. And so the faster we learn that and the faster we can teach it to maybe some of those people in power who are just not willing to listen, I think it's because they have blinders on. And they're not going to see it until it affects them. So we have to make it affect them.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Abu my name is uh, Nathaniel Rain. I'm from Paul's First Nation, uh, Treaty 6 territory. I go by the name of uh, Yellow Bear for my spirit name.
4: For your drum work, how yeah. do you think um, the, a drum and the music is um, is kind of A way to show this resistance
1: because it comes from our our ancestors thousands and thousands of years ago, Mm -hmm. and it and it brings it wakens them up, and it brings the power to to now this generation to rise, and it always has been you know it's been it's been underground for a long time, and now like with this drum with me, I just go everywhere and sing, so I can just let let them know that we are still here because as Native people resistance is our existence you know the whole time growing up you know was always an institution so like foster care and all that stuff so i know i know like colonialism and like when i was a kid they they um they tried to brainwash me as much as they can you know with uh with the christian culture and stuff and the drum was just always connected with me i don't know i just heard songs and i just I see songs like like beats like when you sing it and it just connects with me and and yeah, just from that it's just like um, I don't know, I just come from the crater, I
4: guess. You know? Yeah, we can yeah. come from the earth, we come from where our ancestors yeah were buried long ago. Yeah. And that's so cool that you say that um, the drum awakens our ancestors hmm. because it's so important for our ancestors to be here because they were silenced so long ago. And now that we have this ability to speak, it's, it's, we need that power, our ancestors' power in our ancestors to be able to speak with us because they don't have to be silent anymore. And the drum brings that Yes. power.
1: Most definitely. That's what it is. It's, um, the animal gave its life up to start a new life into waking up that I just, the spirits. And that's I can feel the power of it, you know? I just got this last night and I can just feel the energy off it and today I, you know I smudged with it and sang with it and talked with it.
2: Really? You know,
1: I let it know that um, we're gonna be working together and we're gonna change lives and we're gonna we're gonna let non indigenous people know that we're still here no matter what.
5: Comes- well Alin, hello uh he okay. My name is Zach Running Coyote. I am a uh, born Treaty 7-raised actor, playwright, and storyteller of Mi'kmaq heritage. And, uh, yeah, that's me.
4: Okay. Oh, Thank you. I'm just paying. Um, so uh-huh. how has um, what is happening on the news involving Wet'suwet'en involving the railway blockades involving all of this all of this how has that affected you personally
5: um I've learned things that I didn't know is I'm kind of ashamed of this but I I didn't know that BC didn't have treaties except for treaty treaty eight treaty eight which extends into BC mm-hmm. um I didn't know that that I never understood the term unceded territory and why I was like why is that a term that they use out in BC but not here almost because we have treaties and they don't and uh... so I'm grateful um, for that for that n- new knowledge and learning um, and rather than being ashamed I guess of the fact that I didn't know that I'm just grateful that I do now and that I can speak more intelligently um, I haven't had too much uh, interactions people about this, except the other day I was at downtown West Kirby Station and there was a guy on the other side of the platform and I was wearing like a fringe jacket and a cooking scarf over my face and braids and it was with another native buddy of mine who was in a suit <laughs> uh, and uh, my partner who is white and the three of us were there and this farmer looking guy, nice enough looking guy like older, 50s glasses and plaid shirt, like didn't look I wouldn't have called him a redneck like, like a nice enough guy but he, he called across hey what do you think of the pipelines you got any opinions you're dressed like you should and i tried to start to talk to him about it and he just was so condescending everything i tried to say i didn't even like before i could say anything he went and not the trans mountain pipeline the coastal gas Link. i'm like yeah i know and then my train came and i was like actually my train's here and he just like shook his head and snarled at me and I was like, well, what do you want me to do? Not get on my train? And it was, I don't know, it was like... I was like... So struck by how that side of things, uh, that, that op- people of that opinion seem pretty hell-bent on making the rest of us look stupid. Like, it's just entertainment for them and entertainment... It's not entertainment for us. We aren't... This isn't fun, but it seems to be, yeah, entertaining for the right-wing folk. And, and that just, like, I don't know, makes me ask an underlying question, which, is it just entertaining for the Canadian government? And maybe that's, maybe that's a stupid question, maybe that isn't at all what it is, but sometimes I feel like we, we uh, are just entertainment for a big political money game. And uh like it's like and I, and I also uh, this is uh, this may be a risky thing to say, but I will say it, and you can cut it out if you don't want to use it. <laughs> but I want to make I want I, I want to know that we as indigenous people who care about this and the wet aren't becoming entertainment for white protesters who are looking for a new cause to support. because um, it's easy. For white protesters to give up their blockades and go back to work and life and clean water. It doesn't work that way for the wet Wet'suwet'en. And so I just think it's important that, you know, if you're going to back this, make sure you know what you're backing.
2: Have
5: an and uh, follow through for the rest of your life. Like, don't just let it go. Uh, because, I don't know, I just don't want our people to be a whim mm-hmm. for, for white people, whether that's left-wing or right-wing white people. Yeah those are my radical opinions
2: when are your shows if you can tell uh, yeah. so we're hearing on Tuesdays so.
5: my solo show Snowblind which deals with uh, the effects of fetal alcohol spectrum disorder on our community is uh, playing at Lunchbox Theatre in the same building as the Calgary Tower from now until March 7th Mondays through Saturdays at 12pm with additional shows on Thursdays and Fridays at 6pm uh, I sing, I dance I pretend to be old people. Um, And uh, yeah, it's a fun time. So uh, come on out.
4: We recorded your song, so could we play it on air? You sure can. (gasps) Okay, we'll play it. Awesome. Well, here it is actually.
5: inside your bones and know my child if you don't sing the song will come out of these stones on the ground i
0: Breathing no my child. My name is Cobra Collins, uh, I'm a Métis poet um, Based in Calgary right now, I was born in Grand Prairie but um, grew up here my entire life um, Little bit of background on me, um, I was adopted at birth by a non-Indigenous family, um, so I kind of grew up outside of my culture. And most of my work is about kind of reconnecting and reclaiming my identity as a mixed Indigenous person. So, yeah. Oh, oh
4: so yeah. cool! And you're a writer and uh, artist.
0: Yeah. So, writer. Um, I'm a writer, a spoken word artist primarily. Um, there are some exceptions, as mentioned. I do have an anthology out uh, called Drifting Like a Metaphor, um, which is my published work. But yeah, mostly spoken word. I really, um, again, kind of in the lines of traditional storytelling, believe that that power of voice and that auditory space is really, really important for people to carry our stories forward. So, so important. That's yeah. why
4: I love radio. Yeah, <laughs>
0: absolutely. Right. It's the same thing. So it's um, when you hear it. And then it becomes somebody's story to take with them, because mm-hmm. they everybody hears it differently, and they carry that. So yeah, I find a lot of value in that space. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So yeah.
2: What are your thoughts on the Westoetan anti-pipelines right now?
0: Um, my thoughts on the West Soweto, um pipelines at the moment, anti-pipelines, and our land protectors. Um, it's been a really hard go. Um, watching the news, watching um, people that I care about, um, myself included in that, having to kind of be re-traumatized. Um, it's become very apparent that our our the Canadian government um, maybe misspoke when they said they were ready for reconciliation. I don't think that that is maybe what they actually meant. I think the saddest part of it um, for me, beyond obviously... Um, people being forcibly and illegally removed from their land um, is seeing the response from a lot of um, Indigenous youth and the um, loss of hope that has kind of come out of this process and events like this one tonight at the McHugh House are so important because I think that everybody in here is going to leave hopeful about maybe finding a way to resolve this that's within the rights of the Indigenous people. So, yeah. That's my thoughts on that.
2: (laughs) um, If you could say anything to the Canadian government, like Justin Trudeau, what would that be?
0: Oh, that's a big question. Um, I think for myself, more than anything, I would ask that he listen, Um, and not as just our prime minister and the leader of our country, but as a person. and take into account the stories that are being told, a lot of those stories that are being told here tonight. Um, I think oh if you took the time to really listen to the Indigenous people of this country, you would understand that we're really here yeah, as protectors of the land and building something for future generations, and I think it would be really hard to, to argue with that. But, um, yeah, to, to, to speak less and listen more, I think, would be my big takeaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And um, how has uh,
4: what is happening on the news involving in and the railway blockades? How has that affected you? Um,
0: it's been tiring, I suppose. Um, I had to laugh is not the right word, or maybe it is laugh because sometimes you laugh to keep from crying. But. Mm-hmm. Um, My my place of employment the other day, we sat down and had a meeting about how some of our product coming in, I'm an interior uh, decorator as well, um, some of our suppliers do get delivered by train and our boss comes in and sits down and is like, so there's um, some delays because of the uh, protesters and I'm like, land protectors, (laughs) Uh, but, and everyone was like, oh no, but like I'm just sitting there with like my snaps, my fingers up, I'm like, yes, like... (laughs) It's important, and unfortunately, sometimes people only listen with their wallets, and if there's a way to get people to listen, if it's from an economic standpoint, and that's the... They care more about that than the land, at least, like, I think that's getting the message out there. So, it's been tiring, but also um, very powerful to see a movement take hold like that, and to see support across the country um, is definitely, I think, lifting people up as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
4: And uh, while you're talking about money, like, and people, um, always talking about, you know, capital, capital, um, influence of all of what's going on. Um, yeah. How do you like counter arguments from people that are just like saying that this is affecting canada's infrastructure and this is affecting you know people's jobs how do you kind of counter that with like you know like what actually is happening what it means you know how do you counter
0: that's hard especially in alberta um we well as our last election has proven um very much care about like i mentioned our wallets i think more than our land um or at least the people in charge, our current politicians, seem to. Um, and I, it's it's tough because you can say I think we're all showing that tonight with our art, with our with our words, um, with our music, that we won't have jobs if there isn't water. We won't have jobs if our children don't have clean air. Like there, it's. And I don't know how much clearer that message could be. I know. And it's it's frustrating to have it feel like it's falling on deaf ears. I do take um, some solace in knowing that we're of a generation now where our voting age is outweighing kind of our boomer age. So we're as Canada wide indigenous and settlers, we're at a space where the younger voter population is finally at a larger number than um yeah that that boomer generation that seems to be so concerned about money and i think if we can kind of unite our youth in that way and get out there and work within the system that we have right now there's sheer numbers there that could affect a change so you kind of that's the little the little glimmer of hope i guess yeah. yeah totally yeah
4: totally and uh, yeah, please could you share with us some of your, some of your poetry you shared For here sure. tonight? Or? So
0: this one was in the anthology that I was speaking about earlier. Um, and it's just called The Past. This year asked us to bleed ourselves dry and we obliged, split our ribcage, split our lips to prove there were hearts still beating, words worth speaking. There were days we were surprised to find that we didn't have either. Still, we obliged every time. Next year, we will collect what's left of our iron refuse and make paint, turn ourselves the color of rust without apology, St- stretch our skin tight so old wounds new we will heal, sinew bone and bead, carve our worn teeth into totems, we will light a fire in our centers, burn sweet grass and sage, bathe in the smoke, we will tend it well. We will remember the lessons we've been taught, we will remember that we have stories left to tell. Uh, Marcy, thank you so much.
4: Indigenization across the nation is brought to you by Grace Heavy Runner, Spencer Burges, and Hannah Manyguns, and airs every last Tuesday of the month on CJSW 90.9 FM. Music from this episode is brought to you by Mike Todd with Yellow Bear Nakoda, Chantel Shagnon, and Zach Running Coyote. Thank you for listening.